biggest games. The biggest events. Wow, the crowd is on their feet. The biggest stories. This is what you signed up for, Seth. I thought it was just in the game. Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. I'm Rachel Gu, and I'm joined by Christina and Jacob on the desk today. That's Rachel Gu. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Um, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, this morning, I was having a discussion on Twitter with Eli Joe about Thin Mints. And I want to say, Eli Joe, um, I, re- I respect your opinion. I, I disagree. Wait, what's that his opinion? It, I, you know, his opinion is that the, the combination, flavor combination of mint and chocolate is the worst thing ever, like uh, brushing your teeth and drinking OJ, which I agree the latter is gross. But, you know, Thin Mints, man, like that is the counterexample to, you know, mint and chocolate together Tarika. being gross. And our um, producer is sitting here agreeing with him. Uh, however, shame. Uh, anyway, L.I. Joe, I love you, man. I just I just uh, disagree with you on this one thing. I disagree as well because mint chocolate chip gelato from Talenti is the best thing ever, and I will end my statement with that. You know what? Mint chocolate is not like my go-to flavor, but I respect it, and I can enjoy it every once in a while. It's not like, you know... Uh, you know, it's not like, oh, I want mint chocolate. It, but it, it's something that I can appreciate every once in a while. You guys are all gross. You guys are just all gross. But you know what? I'm on a diet, so I can't do that. So screw screw chocolate, so screw on, candy. So on this side of the window, we have the tolerant people. And then on the other <laughs> side, side of the, of the window, window, we have Tarika. <laughs> Who hates mint and chocolate. If you uh, if our listeners haven't grown to appreciate uh, Tarika's humor, then then I don't know what's wrong with you. Tarika's the best. So thanks, guys. Agreed. You guys, are despite awesome. despite her bad opinion on on uh, <laughs> mint and chocolate. So all right, well let's dive into it. Um, so this week I did something kind of different, which is I opened up the floor to Jacob and Christina to ask them what they wanted to talk about this week. And Christina brought up GSL Codes, which is something I think we all kind of forgot about just because of the death of pro league last year and i was looking into it and um there are some really big names here that got eliminated in the first round of 32 but before we dive in straight into it i just want to give a brief introduction to gsl codes which is it's a best of three format there's four four players in each group and they're split into two two pairs and they play each other winners head into the winners match victors that place first head into the round of 16 so right now we're entering the round of 16 and we have four groups um, and I'll run over that really quickly later. But, I mean, GSL Codes is something that kind of fell off my radar, and I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Well, uh, GSL Codes is still very much a thing, and it's still really exciting to watch. And um, I think uh, I think it's really wonderful that it can still um, go on as strong as it has ever been, um, you know, in some ways even better than before, even with the disbanding of all these top Korean teams. Like, I think I think uh, that's remarkable for the just the financial independence of the scene. Yeah, for sure. And just to quickly recap the round of 32, we had um, Beyond eliminated from Group G with Stats and Ryung advancing. Scarlet was eliminated from Group F with Classic. It was Classic. so sad. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I mean, he sh- had his time to shine, though. Wonder, you know? Wonder Boy's Beyond's run is not... I don't know if we can say over, but it certainly halted after this no, tournament. No, I mean you know? Scarlet. Like, like Scarlet's last, the final match was Scarlet versus Alive in uh, what was it? Yeah, Group F was Group just F, like yeah. heartbreaking. She really could have taken that, and I was just like, oh. It's okay, what do you What do you think about that matchup? Actually, what do you think about Zerg versus Terran? I like mean, currently, um, I'm not 
super much uh, a meta-analysis person. I will say that it's more fun to watch than ZVZ or TVT. Or what's your favorite matchup to watch? Um, I, that's a good question. I, I think TVZ actually. Okay. Um, just because the the styles are so incredibly different. Right. Um. Just to move along, we had Zest, who was eliminated from Group A with Bunny and Keen advancing. And then Solar was eliminated from Group H with TY and Ouch. Trap advancing. Yeah. yeah. Solar is one of the few players in this league that actually has a really good salary that's that comes from somewhere outside of Korea. So, uh Ouch. Yeah, I keep really wanting Solar to do as well as he was doing last year. And then he keeps just not doing it. Zest <laughs> is still alive, though. And he's he's one of the other players that's sponsored by an outside source. So Yeah. Huh? And then we have Group A, which took place actually earlier this morning. We had TY going 2-0 in his series and Alive going 2-1 in his series. Um, Biol and Stats had disappointing no, no, no. results. Other, other, yeah, TY and Stats advanced. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what I mean. Alive okay. yeah, mm-hmm. died. My gosh. Um, and then Group B is going to take place February 11th with Dark and Classic, Innovation, and Sue. And Group C, we have Hero Trap, Lenok, and Ryung. And Group D, we have SOS, also known as Money Sign O, Money Sign, and Keen, and Bunny, and Maru. So let's run over some of these matchups. Um, for Group B, we have Dark versus Classic and Innovation versus Sue. So Group B is definitely the group of death. Like, uh no yeah. dark obviously hugely difficult to contend with he made it through while Bion did not um and uh innovation everybody's basically scared of innovation right now they're calling him like the machine you know people joke about how he like has no has no feelings and, and one one person is out there like go innovation and that person is Bion sorry go along <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah innovation um, just, uh, he just took IEM Gyeonggi and, uh, but he's never had a GSL title before. So he, you know, this could definitely be his year. Um, and then of course, um, I mean, Classic and Sue also really, really top level players. Um, Sue is also, uh, known as a part of the Kong lineage. Uh, I just wanted to kind of, do you, do you know about the Kong thing? No, I have, please explain. I have this story about it. So... Okay, so uh, the Kong, like being the king of Kong means somebody who's just like racked up a ton of silver medals but hasn't cracked that and like gotten uh, the first medal. So it's called Kong uh, because the original Kong was yellow. Um, yellow had six silver medals from 2000 to 2003 and never a gold medal. So he just like, you know, he, he started the silver mining industry in StarCraft. <laughs> and um, Kong is uh, Korean for bean. Like just like general word for bean and yellow. Apparently, uh, he's not he's not, like not a very tall guy. So I guess they called him Kong because beans are small. Um, sure, and uh, that's it's cute. Yeah, you know, and reasonable. that became sort of the the term. And so um, Sue is called you know part of is is thought of as part of this lineage because he's had second place at four GSLs uh, at one IEM, one DreamHack, and just hasn't gotten that first. And do you see him taking the group and maybe even the tournament? Um, it's gonna be rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's definitely a top caliber player, but like dark man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess that pretty much speaks for itself. Christina, if we look, uh, if we look a couple of weeks forward to the end of March, who wins this tournament, in your opinion, based off who's left? In- wait, wait, let's first run over the rest of the groups, because we still have some stacked groups left. 
Um, for Group C, we have Hero. Um, he plays for Root Gaming, also known as the Smiling Assassin. Um, and we have Trap, Lenok, and Ryung. Yeah, Ryung better show up big. Like, you know, I, I kind of hope Ryung takes the whole tournament because he beat Byun. And I'm like, oh, Byun. Anyway. All right. And um, we, for, we for Group D, we have SOS, Keen, Bunny, and Maru. Hmm. Um, can I? So, Bunny is actually part of a, a North American esports organization. Uh, do you know what the name of that organization is? Oh, please do tell. It's Dust. So he's Dust Bunny. That's incredible. I know. This is almost as good as when we had that Rocket League segment, and it was like Moses leaves Genesis for Exodus. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And it's almost, you know, it's almost as good as the name FlyQuest too. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So for SOS, um, he's a player. I guess in the past, a fun fact is um, he won a bunch of winners' purses in 2013 and 2015, and it was around a hundred thousand dollars each. So he like racked up like three purses, and so he got the nickname Dollar Sign O and Dollar Sign instead of SOS. But I was wondering, who do you think your favorites are for this group? Um, let's see. So, part of me really wants T.Y. to win because T.Y., he's just like, he's been so consistent. He's a brilliant Terran. Again, another one of those players who's just like been there in like the grand finals and the top four just hasn't um, really taken, you know, something like a, a GSL. Uh, and, you know, like uh, Artosis calls him like the, the strategic leader of the Terran race. You know, he's a really, really smart player. So um, I'm I'm kind of rooting for him. Um, Is he also sort of known as a prodigy since he's like one of the youngest pro gamers ever? He was drafted at 12 or something? Yeah, I mean, him and Maru. Like Maru made his first Star League appearance at age 13. He's, you know, in the first GSL, right? Right, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, what else? I mean... Uh, like Dark is all just a really, really good Zerg. I think um, you know, the some of the smart money will definitely be on him. You know, Innovation is having this incredible run so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so people people could uh, pick him out as well. Um, yeah, and you know, and and then there's Maru, right? Like Maru's just been there, and he's been and he's been so good. Um, can he come back? You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think what's really interesting about this tournament is that I feel like at this point, it really is anyone's game. There have been so many weird upsets, crazy upsets. And yeah, I, I just don't know who's going to take it. Jacob, what do you think? Mm, I, I haven't watched Starcraft in a while. So my input's like kind of mute here. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I think that, that there's so many Terran players that have made it through this. So I would, be surprised if there's not a Terran winner, but I, I really can't say, to be honest. I haven't been able to watch DSL because my schedule's been a little off, but um, no worries. yeah, I, I would default to Christina if we were going to throw a prediction here. Alright, so Christina, who are your final four? Uh, my final four... Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to say Dark, TY... Um, I, I, I want Ryung to be in there. Mm-hmm. It just like... Uh, it would be cool to see some really new blood, um, at least in you know this this tier of competition. Um, and my fourth, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna root for Sue. Like you know, interesting over just... innovation. Oh man, that's tough. Yeah, because um, they're in the same group, so which 
I mean, innovation also didn't necessarily look that strong at like Nation Wars Four, where Scarlet beat him, and uh, I think I think Nurcio did too. Um, so I, I kind of want to. I'm, I'm rooting for Sue. Okay, awesome. Um, I think my final four. Hmm. I'm not a StarCraft expert, just to put that out there. But I think my final four are Ty. Um, I would go with Dark, definitely. And I would go with probably Hero and then SOS. Mm. Yes. Yeah. My final four. That's legit. Do you want to throw your hat into the ring, Jacob? Mm. I agree with Hero. I think TY because I, like, from what I have watched of GSL, he's played really well and he's also undefeated in both stages of groups. So that makes me think that he's doing something right. Um,. I think Dark is is probably one of the better Zergs in the final four groups that are left over in the round of 16. Uh, and maybe SOS. Like, So it really depends on how brackets shape up for me because I don't know. We don't know who's going to progress out of these three remaining groups, right? So, yeah. you know, like you lose one game and you could get a matchup like Dark and SOS in the same group or like in the same part of the bracket. And that's like. Yeah, that doesn't like that. That would eliminate one of them from being the top, depending on how they do in their group. So it's really hard to say. But like, if everything shapes shakes out perfectly, I think like Ty Dark, Hero, and SOS just from the way they've performed so far. I mean, that being said, you know, Rachel, you do make a very good point that it's anyone's game. So like, stats or classic could you know, could potentially take it all. These, uh, you know, the level of competition here is very very high. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good way to wrap up this segment. Um, for more esports content, you can check out ESPN.com slash esports. And the competition for GSL Code S continues on February 11th with Dark versus Classic. Um, the group of death. Yep, exactly. And we're going to take a short break right now. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about League of Legends. Will Cloud9 continue their reign of domination over their old foes and old rivals FlyQuest? Find out when we come back. And we're back with the ESPN Esports Podcast. All right. League of Legends time. Um, we have one really interesting match this week, which is FlyQuest versus Cloud9, a.k.a. the old Cloud9 versus the new Cloud9. Cloud9 White versus Cloud9 Blue. <laughs> I Every time <laughs> I say that in my head, I just think of that Kanye song where it's like, I miss the old Kanye. Um, Cloud9 the, the Gray versus Cloud9 the White. White, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I saw Bunny Fufu and uh, Jack from Cloud9 making making jokes about uh, about the FlyQuest team and how they're like basically just... Bunny Fufu posted something like, took a picture with Cloud9 today. And it was all the FlyQuest players. <laughs> and it's just like... Yeah, it's like Cloud9 versus Cloud9. Who's going to win? Probably Cloud9. Um, yeah, so, so I'm... Pretty pumped for this matchup, actually, because they're both kind of leading the the league right now. And Cloud9 is undefeated in terms of series. And FlyQuest is 5-1, I believe, tied with TSM. And I just think that it's a good litmus test to see where they are as an org. Um, I mean, Cloud9, of course. And by Cloud9, I mean new Cloud9, not old Cloud9. Um, yeah, what do you think, Jacob? I, I mean, I think that Cloud9 is, like, head and shoulders above everybody else in, in the LCS right now. Um, I think that FlyQuest is definitely a good team, but I think where a lot of their their a lot of their advantage comes from, one, that they all speak English, and two, and I first of all, I hate saying that because that's, like, the, the age-old, like, you know, 
not everybody speaks well enough, but it, it, it's kind of still part of the the thing. Like the language barrier for certain teams, like Team Dignitas, is a little difficult, and I think they'll get over that hump once because they're like actively teaching their player. A lot of these teams are actively teaching their players English. Um, but I I think where FlyQuest has a bigger advantage over all these teams that are like mix mix up teams of different nationalities is the fact that they have veterans who also really understand communication better than the majority of other people. Um, they're not new to each other. Uh, these guys played through Challenger last summer, and then addi- additionally, the three of them have been have stuck together for most of their careers. So, um, I think that. I think that it will probably be a little close in the early game, but I think Cloud9 just dominates, actual Cloud9 actually just dominates in the mid-game and in the late game, and I think that's where they come out on top. Because um, I think that Moon is finally in a position where he can perform, and I think that FlyQuest enables him in high, but I also think that Cloud9 is the one team that understands macro, even though they do have mixed nationalities, and they can really figure it out together. So Yeah, for sure. I think that I, I think what you're getting at is basically that um, FlyQuest, although their roster is tried and true and old and they've been together for so long, they're all veterans, other teams have a higher, basically, ceiling cap in terms of right. where their skill is. And f- we don't know if this if this is basically as good as FlyQuest can get. Um, if if all the other teams in the LCS, like your your Team Dignitas is obviously what I'm talking about, your Phoenix Ones, like these teams that have star players in almost every role, and, and they but they're mixed nationality and they've never played together. If these teams stick together and don't make mid-season roster changes after spring, and then they're simultaneously teaching their Korean players how to speak English and communicate properly in English uh, in-game, if that if they do that, if they stick together, then I think summer split, they'll be great. I think that right now it's really difficult, though, because none of these players have ever played together before. There's a lot of roster changes on both squads, and there's also communication issues. Right. So I think that's where why FlyQuest is performing really well right now is because, one, a lot of them have been together for more than, like, three years, and, two, they don't have any communication issues. They have a very, very dominant in terms of... They have a dominant voice and high that understands the game at a high level and, you know, uh, picks up on things, and then he's able to dominate communication, and that's why they're succeeding. Right, and I wonder if the same applies for a team like CLG, which is which is really disappointed this season, to be honest. And, you know, they've kept their roster together for almost, I don't know, like one and a half years, which is kind of baffling in League of Legends and doesn't really happen that often. And I'm wondering if we're going to see any potential roster moves after this season, or maybe it's too early to tell right now. For Cloud9? No, for CLG. For CLG. I, you know what? I think that CLG is a very interesting team. None of them, except for Aphromoo, in my opinion, are stars. I think that there was a point in time where Darshan was a really good up-and-comer, but I think that he lacks pretty significantly right now. I think um, Stixay is a good ADC. Yeah, I thought I thought Stixay was like awesome in his rookie year, right? I think that he is was probably the He's best. He's gone perf- better. He was, yeah. Besides Stardock, he was the best performing rookie last year. But I think that he's still not like a star in the role. He's not someone that I'm going to consider as good as like Sneaky and Double if people who have have more experience and are also better at the game. Um, I also think he fits a different niche on CLG than I agree um, than Double Lift or Sneaky. Well, I think he fits a similar niche to uh, Sneaky because he's not super resource heavy. Yeah, which Sneaky, Sneaky is, is isn't either. Well, Sneaky can play a bunch of different roles. He can play carry and resource low. Yeah, I think his current position is very resource low. But I I think that I think that Six is a good idea. I think that Aphromoo has been one of the best supports in NA for a while. Um, 
But where, I mean, like, everybody calls it out, but where they falter is who he. Like, he's he's the weak link in the team. It's very obvious. Uh, Smithy was was that person about a year and a half, or about a year ago. Uh, he's made great strides but he's, Yeah, improve. he's improved a lot. He's gotten back to where he used to be on the totem pole, like, in Season 3, where he was only worse than Medios. Um, and so I, I just think, like, my point is, is these teams aren't, like, superstars. Like, the players, CLG is the opposite of, like, a t- Team Dignitas. All the Team Dignitas guys, the majority of those players are really good at uh, superstars, but they, they're not great at mute communication yet because they're very new to each other, whereas CLG is the opposite. They're okay at communication, but they're not, like, from a skill level, individually, they're not super great. So right. it's, like, it's kind of the mix mixed bag. I do think that they'll probably make roster changes after... Summer, I don't think that CLG has not really ever been a team to try and make at least since they got rid of Double Lift because he used to be the kind of like light the fire under people to make the changes. Um, I think that CLG makes changes after Worlds and not after, yeah, not after, after spring. Split. Yeah, Interesting. right. I mean, normally I would say, hey, your spring split, you can experiment, do whatever you want, but now there's actually stuff on the line. We have MSI heading to Brazil this year, which is also very exciting. I'm surprised. We, we should talk about that later. But um, yeah, there's there's actually really important stuff on the line this time. So it's not really just a time for teams to experiment. So I'm, I do wonder if these teams that kind of like shoehorned in players during the offseason, like Phoenix One and, you know, high cap ceiling teams like Immortals with Dardock and Flame, I wonder if they're willing to kind of give that up in order for them to kind of adapt over the spring split into summer. I mean, it still matters, like, who, who does well in summer, right? Like, it's even though the format's changed and the way it's changed, the, make MSI mean significantly more, um, I, I still think, like, I still think that, that a lot of these teams aim for summer. I don't think that, like, Immortals and Noah and everyone that works over there in a ma- managerial standpoint, I don't think they were thinking this team would be great straight out the bag. Like, because you have two players, like, Ale knows a little bit of English, but Flame knows almost not, none at all, like, from a communication perspective so it's one of those things where like i i don't think that any of these teams like dignitas or phoenix one or immortals came into the split going yeah we'll win spring like that is not a good goal not at all but like winning summer is definitely a good goal for a lot of these teams so i i think that the format change does put pressure and it kind of sucks that the format change was announced after the season started because it's one of those things where it's just like the move Last year, when they announced the uh, import rule change, and it was right after Cloud9 had made changes so right. that they could have yes. Impact, Rush, and Jensen, right? Like, And that sucks, because like Jack and everyone at Cloud9 didn't know about that until we wrote something and then where I confirmed. Like, nobody knew about the, that import rule change, so they had already made business moves. They had already invested money to buy out Impact last spring, like, and, they, and luckily it worked out for them in the end, but like... It's one of those, like, retroactive things, right? Like, if Riot was going to make a change like this where MSI was going to matter more and where it was going to matter going into Worlds, I think they should have done this before the season because then uh, then from a business perspective, a lot of these team owners could have made better decisions and, and try to go for a spring victory instead of a summer victory. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say that I am rooting for Phoenix 1. Um, I think, uh, from you know, from everything I've heard, especially uh, what I've heard of Ryu and Arrow, um, Aaron Arrow just being like this super funny guy who's really into, uh, be, you know, being in America and and embracing American culture, and you know, Inori just being this like amazing jungle. Really good, yeah. Yeah, I I I'm pretty bullish on Phoenix One. I'll have to say. Awesome. So are they your rocks tigers this time? They might be my rocks tigers this time. Maybe. Nice. 
Yeah, I think MSI is really important this season. And since it's lasting a month long this time, instead of, what was it last year? It was like two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I think it's much more important. And there's a lot more on the line. Getting that international experience, I don't think teams should just like give up on the spring split. And um, speaking of teams we're bullish on, I'm definitely bullish on um, Cloud9, new Cloud9, to clarify. I think that they're super strong right now, and they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. And I just don't think anyone at this rate can really catch up with them. Unless, I, I don't know, Wild Turtle just, like, goes off and returns to Season 3. Jacob is shaking his head. <laughs> um, returns to Season 3 form, which we all know is pretty unlikely. I, I, t- Any time someone says TSM Wild Turtle, I remember when I got most into League, like, just dedicated my life to the game, which was Season 4, and I just remember him jumping into to things with Tristana so many times. So just It's like PTSD. Like, it's, <laughs> it's actually terrible. And I know he's a different player now, but he's still not much better, you know, like... Uh, Immortals, ultimately, some of the reason they didn't work was on him. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that Cloud9 is is head and shoulders above other people. I think they did a really good job. Uh, contracts was is more, and this is something I said recently in our power rankings, contracts is more than plug and play. Uh, he was a significant upgrade, and he was a giant risk, but he seems to pay off. Uh, it might change when he's under heavier pressure because he's a young guy. He's an excitable guy. Uh, I know him pretty well. Um but it's one of those things that, like, I think that he is so much better than Medios when he's in the environment that he wants to be. And that seems to be transitioning pretty well. Now it's whether does it transition to playoffs in these giant arenas? Um, does it transition into international stage in places like Brazil where the fan base is going to be ginormous and it's going to be very loud? Um, you know, only time will tell for that. But, yeah, I, I just don't see, like, I agree. I, but I also want to put, like... I also think it's worth putting a little bit of fault on Riot for for not clarifying like the importance of MSI as a tournament before coming into the split because I think a lot of these business owners uh, like Michael Moore from Phoenix One and Odie and the team over at Dignitas and uh, Noah and the team over at Immortals I think they would have made very different business decisions if they were in the loop um, and they were not. Wait, so. speaking of MSI, um, this is kind of a sidetrack, but. I'm super excited that it's in Brazil this year. Yeah, it's actually going to be ridiculous, like crazy. That is a fan base that like cares so much. It's so hardcore. They did, and I think yeah. I actually think because it's going to be in Sao Paulo and it's going to be in uh, Rio. I think they they actually looked at um, ESL for some guidance in October and how amazing that like okay, so the event was terrible. We did like in terms of certain parts of what the organization like you had. Uh, mouse sports playing out of like the locker room like they set up oh boy. yeah like uh, which liter- event was this uh esl pro league finals in october of last year okay um and basically like you know esl faltered in the sense that like they had literally like chris J posted a picture that he could see the toilet from like his computer screen Oof. which is kind of ridiculous um but uh, you know i think that if riot riot uh, seems to kind of know a little bit more about Brazil than ESL does based off the, the fact that they have a Brazilian league and that they kind of understand organization a little bit. So it, it's definitely an experiment taking it to a country that Riot NA in particular, which is what does a lot of these the international production, it's going to be an experiment for them taking it abroad. But good Lord, if there's one thing you can look at from ESL and other esports events in Brazil, it's how wild the fan base is. Like They are going to be very loud. Anytime a Brazilian team plays, they're going to be super loud because SK Game got the biggest applause um, at ESL Pro League. Mm-hmm. And I think that looking at ESL Pro League as a result, if they fix the bad organization issues of being in a foreign country to them, then I think that it will be 
fantastic because that is one of the loudest. It is easily the biggest emerging esports fan base in the world, I would say. Right. Like, I think everybody else has had steady growth, but I think, like, Brazil went from, like, nothing at all to, like, straight up. Like, they almost went completely vertical. Right. So, yeah, I, think, and, um, I think it's crazy. And MSI following on the heels of the Olympics, right? That's pretty yeah. cool. Yes, yeah. it is very cool. Um, well, we're out of time, but if you want to check out more League of Legends content, we have an excellent hub page at ESPN.com slash esports. And also check out the new uh, power rankings this week. Yes, um, lots of hot takes. And feel free to flame Beyond and myself on Twitter. <laughs> I know a lot of you like to do that. So, Well, speaking of Twitter, um, you can follow us on Twitter at ESPN underscore esports, at Rachel Youngu, at Pina SC, and at Jacob N. Wolf. And our lovely podcast producer is Trika, and she's at she knows sports underscore. Thanks for listening to the ESPN Esports Podcast.